When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friends of the Rockney cast. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that you think you're going to think is boring. And you may not even want to listen to it because it's so boring. Yeah, friends, I'm talking about the topic of converting a one-lane street to a two-lane street. Yeah, no, I'm serious. This is like a super interesting topic, an important topic, and potentially a controversial topic. And I'm going to focus it in on my hometown of Iowa City, Iowa. We're going to talk about a possible conversion uh, of a one-way lane to a two-lane street, the Jefferson and Market Street lane conversion, which was, was part of the city's capital improvement plan. And now it has been tabled by staff without consulting council. So I want to just persuade you on the virtues of a two-lane street But before that, before I sort of rip into two lane street or one lane streets, I'm going to signal the virtues of one lane streets because I give you a little history as to why we had one lane streets in the first place. So post World War II, what was the city of the future? The city of the future was to live in the burbs, to separate all functions. You wouldn't want to live close to the downtown or you wouldn't want to live close to the factory. You wanted to live in Greenfield sites. You wanted to live in the burbs. Well, how would you get to these places out in the suburbs? You wouldn't bike there. No way. You wouldn't walk. You have, you guessed it, automobiles, the method of transportation into the future. Well, very quickly, planning circles figured out that automobiles were great. You could get them around very quickly. You didn't have to worry about stuff like carbon emissions or pollutions. But one of the things the planners figured out very quickly is that, yeah, automobiles are great when not everyone is using automobiles. But what happens when you have a whole bunch of cars that crowd the streets at the same time? That is a big deal. So in the 60s and 70s, the planners figured out that one of the ways to do this in a very efficient way was to essentially convert two lanes to one ways and basically then do essentially paired couples. In Iowa City, you see it um, in North Dodge and Governor Street. You also see it on East Market or Market Street and Jefferson Street, and these are very efficient modes of moving a lot of traffic along the highway. But you just heard what I just said. It moves them at very high speeds, and it also um, creates a lot of other problems. So in solving the traffic issue, one-ways also have a lot of harmful effects that they really didn't envision. And more recently, one key effect that they have is they also increase contact with law enforcement. Because when people are obstructed in terms of what they see in terms of ongoing traffic, what ends up happening is, is that 
they tend to speed. Well, if people are speeding, that's a community danger. And who's primarily targeted to enforce our traffic laws? Law enforcement. And there is a lot of good law enforcement out there. But in this day and age, especially as we become more diverse and we both think about excessive and disproportionate minority contact, which is an issue that's near and dear to my heart, we have to think about it. Well, it's, it's, it's easy to state we're concerned about it, but how do we reduce disproportionate minority contact while at the same time ensuring that we have legitimate law enforcement functions that are occurring? Well, the first thing that you can do is that you can reduce contact through street design. And two ways achieve that very, very effectively. Why? Well, think about it. First off, two ways don't have, they don't flow quite as well as one ways. Why? Because when you're driving down a two way, you see ongoing traffic and your natural response is to slow down. You slow down, not because you're worried about a speeding ticket, but because of the natural built environment. And if you couple this two lane with a more narrow street, which you can do in the more context of a residential neighborhood, you get incredibly safe streets. So much so that you hardly even need law enforcement to serve the traffic enforcement function. And I think as we envision how we're going to reform and um, enhance community safety, I think you'll see that law enforcement will essentially evolve to more that of a fire department type model. You know, the fire department, they don't go and I mean, they do some, you know, behind the scenes checking, but they don't sort of patrol the street looking for fires, right? There's some safety function they do in terms of going out and doing inspections, but for the most part, they're available through emergencies. And I think you'll see, although there always will be some role to law enforcement in terms of traffic enforcement, so many of these tragic incidents occurred during the traffic stop. And in addition to speeds, you also have just the ticket for a one-way street violation. We've all been in the city of Iowa City and we've seen those sorts of scenarios occur where people get confused. So that is why this is such a big deal. So if you live in the city of Iowa City, I'm hoping that you will write your city council, reach out to every single one of them. We have a terrific council and come on people, let's not get all defensive, right? I, I think so often in Iowa City, controversy comes up we, 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 send, we tend to get defensive, let's have a discussion. And if we're thinking about disproportionate minority contact, we have to think about, well, in the granular level of detail, how is that going to happen? And one of the key ways to do that is through street design. If we can achieve community safety through the natural built environment and through street design, we get to use a permaculture term a felicitous stacking of functions. Not only do we achieve uh, less contact with law enforcement for non-emergency situations, we also get enhanced community safety. We also limit an entire category of traffic enforcement, which would be a one-way ticket violation that we, we won't have to deal with. But there's, there's more than that because it's not only these critical functions. Two ways also have a number of other benefits. And for here, I rely heavily on the work of Jeff Speck, Walkable City. I encourage you all to, to buy that. Think about really what damage the one way does. Well, first off, when you're going one way, you are driving more quickly. It's very easy to get up to level of 35, 40 miles an hour. 
which again is great for the automobile. But if you're walking along a highway, do you feel safe? No, you don't. And what happens if you don't feel safe to walk? Well, you don't have as many pedestrians. And if you don't have as many pedestrians, it's not as nice of an environment. And if it's not as nice of an environment, why would you want to buy or build a house in that area? So it, there's a lot of different things that come into play in addition to just the reducing the contact with law enforcement, the community safe speeds. But the other part of it is, this is other key. This is sort of counterintuitive. You wouldn't necessarily think this is the case. Once you have the two-way, especially in uh, downtown or in your residential areas, you're, you're also likely to get safer speeds, like between 20 and 25 miles an hour. And this is probably one of the most important graphs that you'll see in Specs work in Walkable City. The fatality numbers based upon a, a bike to automobile collision based upon 20 miles per hour, 30 miles per hour, and 40 miles an hour. A collision, and this is cited in Specs book, at 20 miles an hour is only a 10% chance of death. At 30, it arises to a 50% chance of death. And at 40 miles an hour, it's a 90% chance of death. So speed, in terms of mortality and the rate at which you kill someone, significantly enhances over time. Now, you may think, well, why wouldn't the urban planners know this on the city staff? Of course they know it. We do have very good staff. Now, here's the deal, and I think this is sort of the brass tacks of this issue. If you're of the view that climate change doesn't matter and you want a certain type of residential neighborhood, which is large neighborhoods, chemically drenched lawns, and ease of, of uh, you know, entry to get out to those neighborhoods, you are going to want as fast as possible to get people from downtown to those neighborhoods. But I think that's what we really need to ask ourselves, at what cost? Are we willing to sacrifice the commitments that we made to the Freedom Riders last summer? Um, some of them have identified that and connected the two, but here I'm also relying extensively also on the work of Councillor John Thomas, who has a ton of experience in terms of uh, street design, uh, his knowledge of urban planning. He was a professional landscape architect for the city of San Francisco. He knows urban density. And he, in working with some of these um, freedom writers, has, has identified this as a way to say, you know, hey, if we're talking about reducing law enforcement contacts, well, well how do we do that? Now, it's easy just to say, well, just not have the contacts. But again, law enforcement does serve this legitimate function of safety and also reducing speeds. So if you have to pick between the two, which would you rather choose? Would you rather choose natural built environment or would you rather have um, this very intrusive stop that you get? And in the context of a minority stop, so many of these tragic incidents occurred during these sort of routine traffic stops. I'm not the only one saying this. Chuck Marone of uh, Strong Towns has really identified that. Um, you know, John Thomas has identified this, Jeff Speck has identified it, and in terms of the demands that were made last year after the death of, of George Floyd, a significant number of people are really saying, why are we having this level of contact? Uh, where there's no, especially where the cost is so high. When you have one of these unjustified fatalities, the damage that is done is just incalculable. Now, of course, people that are in law enforcement don't get defensive. A lot of law enforcement do good work. We're not 
painting so broad a brush. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to really learn from other models that have worked. And again, if you think about the context of, you know, uh, essentially the fire department, the fire department, they only come out when there's an actual emergency, right? They're not involved in sort of routinely patrolling, looking for fires. They come when called. And I think you'll see more of an evolution on that. I think you'll see more social workers involved. And of course, too, you know, people would respond and say, well, you never know when something's going to become violent. But what you'll have is, I think you'll have social workers as a point of contact. They'll probably have some non-lethal devices. You'll probably have law enforcement there. And, and you know, unless the stuff really hits the fan, if there is a violent incident, so there'll be sort of, a, but there'll be a backdrop. They won't be the primary point of contact. And so if you can achieve these goals, these are the sorts of things you want to look at. But it's not only that. I know I sound like Ron Papil. If you also look at the North Market Square Business District, or the North Market Business District, and go in front of the Bluebird Diner, uh, the speeds there are too significant. And, and really, there's a lot of value being left on the table if you could have slower speeds there. There is no need to have essentially a highway running right through that. That is a pedestrian-friendly district. Dollars are being left on the table. And so I really encourage all of you to reach out to your city councilors to say, yes, we support this. And by the way, this is not something where we're just sort of hoping for an abstract dream or, oh, maybe it'd be nice if, if Market or Jefferson could possibly be two ways or we don't know if it could or could. Hey, guys. I saw the engineering study. This was already part of the capital improvement. This was a decision that was unilaterally made by staff. And now the question is for council, are they going to make a decision to reverse staff? Now, there are some that believe that the purpose of council is to essentially do nothing, to essentially give the imprimatur to the decisions of staff. Well, that's not why I ran for council. I ran to defer to staff most of the time, but the strategic vision and to ensure that the vision of the council as a whole is implemented, that is council's job. Council needs to step up. Council needs to say, no, we stand behind the commitments we made to Greta. We stand behind the commitments and the promises we made to the Freedom Riders to make unnecessary uh, uh, contacts with law enforcement to the extent that we can through street design, through reforming the police department. We stand behind the commitments and the promises we made uh, for the uh, reduction of carbon emissions. And friends, you cannot do that. You cannot reach the carbon reduction goals that you have until you put the automobile in place. The automobile isn't, will never go away for the foreseeable future. But if you rely on that as your primary mode of transportation, you're ignoring the mass transportation, you're ignoring pedestrian infrastructure, you're ignoring bike infrastructure, you are essentially embracing a 1965 ethos that you would see in Los Angeles. Everything is streets, everything is roads, everything is traffic sewers, everything is the carbon-based model of individual transportation. And I think Iowa City is better than that. This is not an opera. This is a decision that was reversed. This is not something that we need to affirmatively adopt. It's simply re-implementing decisions that have already been made. So let, let's get this done and, let, and let's encourage this. Now, ultimately, this is going to be council's decision. 
Uh, they're going to have to make this decision, and um, hopefully during the capital improvement project, they'll sort of sort through this. Um, I have some knowledge in terms of some of the various decisions that have been made, but I, you know, in terms of why staff recommended to pull this, I think what it amounts to is the development community loves automobiles, and they love essentially a, a, a residential model that's based upon the single-family dwelling and automobiles to get out to the two and three car garage. Now, this, this is a model, that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that, but, it, but again, it's a 1965 model. And so we need to step up and develop a modern, new urbanist, uh, I think it's almost a neo-traditional, and say, no, we're gonna, we're gonna commit to pedestrian friendly infrastructure, to low carbon emission infrastructure in terms of walking, in terms of biking, in terms of safe speeds for automobiles so that we can feel safe. And the one way to two way to conversion is an absolutely critical factor to make that happen. So friends, this is a little bit more small ball. I know I sound like a little bit of a politician. I was at one point, but I think it's good to sort of comment about these various things. And, and you know, again, our council, they've done a lot of really good things, but I would really like to see them reaffirm their commitment to racial equity and reaffirm their commitment through reduction of greenhouse gases. And you cannot do that while you're embracing these outdated relics of a bygone era. Thanks for listening, friends. And also check out, I wrote a blog post at rockneycold.com. We're gonna be continuing to add additional contents. I'm now in my home base studio, otherwise known as my basement. So we're gonna be producing a lot more stuff. And thanks for checking into the Rockneycast. Appreciate every one of you. Until next time on the Rocky Cast.